Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest, Diane Spicer. She is sharing her experience and her testimony of living unmasked and finding freedom from drug abuse, from sexual abuse, and unforgiveness. This testimony is powerful. It's a little bit longer of an episode than I normally do, but please stick around to the end because the end, oh, you guys. She just brings the truth, and it is fantastic. Diane Spicer is a dynamic Italian-American New Yorker whose life did a complete 180. In 2004, she left Long Island and now embraces Australia as home. She's the mother of two amazing adult children and a doting grandmother, and a tenacious trailblazer passionately living as God's ambassador. Diane is a creative coach, mentor, and consultant, a chief visionary officer, always looking for ways that the church can transform a city. She's foremost a passionate lover of God, life, and people. Her real-life stories from the heights of corporate New York City to the depths of Australian maximum security prison will inspire, encourage, and challenge all who are fortunate to encounter them. Diane is the author of an amazing book called Unmasked, and you can grab your copy of her book in the, using the link in my show notes. All right, that's enough of that. Let's get into this episode with Diane Spicer. Enjoy. Hey there, Diane. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. I'm so glad you're here. It's great to be here with you this morning, Ellie. Before this podcast, we were spending some time in prayer and just sharing. And um, I just feel connected because we share we share a commonality in in some of the things that we've walked through, the pain that we've walked through. It's different, but there's shared experience there that that unifies us. And more than that, the shared experience of experiencing the healing that Jesus has brought to us. Oh my gosh. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And like Amen. that just that just lights me up when I see and I I um, meet somebody who who just has has gone hard after the Lord like this. I'm like, all right, I'm done. We're, we're besties. We're best yes. friends. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we understand without even using the words, and that's the thing. Yep. You know, it's that instant spiritual connection. Totally. And and that's the way the Lord. Um, it's that iron sharpening iron. Yeah. You know that I say. It's like sometimes you just have to get in that presence, and mm-hmm. where two or more are gathered, He's right in the center of it, and it's just there's nothing better. I know. I know. It's the best. So what I would love, what I would love to do is for you to just share a little bit with my listeners, what fills your days? Have you seen the movie, The Godfather? Oh, I sure have. Right. And my big, my big fat Greek wedding. 
Well, yes. if you take those two movies and kind oh of my combine gosh. them. <laughs> that is not what I thought you were going to say. I was like, um, do you, have you seen the movie, The Godfather? I was like, oh no. <laughs> but if you take those kind of, you know, I come from a, oh, a wow. big, loud, Sicilian, American okay. family. And um, whatever stereotypical picture you just got in your mind, it's probably pretty accurate <laughs> around yeah. the family that I grew up in and love them to bits wow. and love each other. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm, you know, on the other side of the world and they're all still in New York, mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah, it's just an amazing family. And I'm, I'm just so blessed to have been through everything we've all been through and to still love each other even more. I mean, that's, oh, that's, so cool. that's the work of God. That's the work of God. But, you know, at the age of 17, I, I guess I took my first step on the corporate ladder in New York mm-hmm. City. And um, at that time, you know, I was pretty young and, you know, just kind of worked my way up the ladder all the way to become a director of this multi-million dollar toy company. And I was, you know, I guess I was working towards that American dream mm-hmm. that most of us um, growing up, you know, we, we, we kind of achieve, we want to achieve this American dream. And yeah. before the age of 30, I was making ridiculous amounts of money. I was married to an Australian man, two beautiful children, had the nanny, the maid, the big house on Long Island by the, out by the Hamptons. American um, dream right there, right? American dream, ticked all the boxes, thought, okay, got this last box, you know, and then I'll be something. And then Hmm. I'll, you know, I'll made it. But deep underneath behind this glamorous mask of success and Hmm. this lifestyle, there was this, I call it a dormant volcano. (laughs) It Hmm. was like this dormant volcano of emotions and pain and lies and secrets. And all of that was, um, slowly killing me really wow today you know third 25 years later i'm i'm royalty i'm a daughter of the king of kings i'm a woman passionate about being a witness for god for who god really is i'm i i just hate religion i hate yeah that control and that man-made stuff that actually moves us away from who god created us to really be yeah. And it so, turns us away from the intimacy with God, the, it, uh, the actual intent of relationship and the actual intent of why Jesus came. He came to build relationships with disciples and with other people, the followers and not, and to go away from all of that religion and the, the, the law, the, the law, you know, that's powerful. That's so powerful. So you're, so you're, you're living here now in Australia royalty and, and probably a very different life than climbing that corporate ladder in, in New York. Very, very different. Yeah. Um, I like to say Diane no longer lives, you know, that there's a scripture verse in Galatians two twenty. So that Diane no longer lives. Wow. um, But it's Christ who lives in me. Wow. And, and I really do try to live my life by that verse and, hmm. and knowing that even though I'm still me and all of my past is there and it's with me, um, God has redeemed it and it Come uses on. it. He uses it for his good and for his glory. And, and I know that I live and move and have my being in him. Hmm. Like when I wake up in the morning, it's like, 
yes, I'm, my eyes are opening and yes, my physical body is starting to wake up, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I live and move and have my being in Christ. And wow. I'm going to look at my circumstances and my day from that perspective. It changes everything. It changes everything. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. so beautiful. So yeah. if you would take us through a little bit of mm. how you got there. So you yeah. were, you know, we, we, we see you, a beautiful house in Long Island, American dream, all of that. Yeah. Um, very successful in the world's eyes. Um, what, what led you then to where you are now? Because yeah. I know that that was a lot of pain. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, underneath that, um, everything's fine mask, you know, hmm. that mask that a lot of us wear, we're like, yeah, everything's fine. Just got to get through the day. Just yeah. And working. I, I live in the Midwest <laughs> where okay. that's even more <laughs> out in the open oh, wow. <laughs> of, we don't, we don't share. We, you know, somebody asks, how are you doing? You're like, pretty good. <laughs> like that's the general answer. Yeah. 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 Feel that yeah. for sure. So in my family, it was, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and never really got down to that deeper yeah. level where we could feel comfortable just talking about what's really going on. So, wow. So underneath this corporate, you know, glamour lifestyles, of the rich and famous, so to speak. Um, I had been sexually abused as a child for seven years or eight years. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure when it, when it started, but the trauma that I had experienced from that abuse led to years of drug and alcohol addictions. I had about, you know, years and years of cocaine addiction, destructive relationships, abortions, miscarriages. I mean, it was just like one trauma after another. And going through that, um, I was so numb, whether by the drugs or just mentally from the, from the trauma, you just kind of going through the motions going through these motions and then um, my son was born and when he was eight weeks old he was hospitalized and diagnosed with whooping cough and double pneumonia and at eight weeks you know here's this strong corporate survivor you know I'm gonna you know nobody's gonna tell me I'm just gonna keep going and I'm just um, I can't let anybody underneath this mask because I don't know what will happen. I, yeah. I don't know if I share some of the stuff, who's going to fix this mess? You know, it's a mess. And I know that I've created a lot of it, but it was just this, this tension point of now what, you know, my money can't pay for him to be healed. Hmm. My, my brains and my, my skills can't change the situation. He's dying. And the doctors have told us, that he's not going to make it through the night. And I remember then um, getting on my knees in the hospital room. And I, I mean, I knew God existed. I grew up in, in a Catholic family. I went to eight years of Catholic school. So I knew God existed, but, but I had a very distorted view of who God was. He was this, you know, major power up in the sky somewhere that was out to punish me because of my lifestyle, because of the way I was living. And I remember getting on that hospital floor and just crying out to the God I knew existed, but I didn't know him personally. And I just said, Lord, you know, God, just take my life. I don't want to live. Take Alex's life. Um, I don't want to see him suffering anymore. And what I could only describe as a blanket of peace. Uh, I, 
I can never get through this part without getting choked up, but this blanket of peace just um, came over me and I was on the floor in the ICU and all I knew with my face against the tiles on the floor was that I was going to be okay. I did not know at that moment that it was God or the Holy Spirit or an angel. I, I'm, you know, I, I had no, no grid for that. Yeah. It was just all of a sudden I went from, I want to die to everything's going to be okay. And I fell asleep. And it was a couple of hours later that the doctors and interns crash in the room and they're saying things like, um, make sure you check the x-rays again. And I look over to the incubator and Alex was not there. And I thought he had died. Oh my and gosh. An African-American oh. nurse holding him saying, praise the Lord, Jesus healed your son. Praise the Lord, Jesus healed your son. And the doctors are yelling at her and I'm screaming, you know, and I had quite a colorful language back then, you know, <laughs> kind of going, you know, what the, um, what's happening? Um, and she just came over to me and put him in my arms and he was breathing on his own. Wow. They had taken him down for x-rays, which I didn't even hear. And the pneumonia was completely gone. So wow. I was left with this, what just happened? And what mm -hmm. is this woman talking about? How did Jesus heal my son? You know, like. Yeah. You must have you know, felt like you, like you woke up and it was another world or something. It was. It was definitely like that. It was like somebody changed the channel hmm. and. Three days later, we took him home. The doctors are using words like miracle and when we can't really explain it, um, you know, and then went home and that began my journey. So that was, he's now a, an amazing 26 year old, hmm. healthy young man who's just the best. And, and you know, I've got a 30 year old daughter too, who, um, who has been through this journey with us. And, hmm. and it's just amazing how God then, put me on this road. I call it the road to Damascus. You know, mm. um, he de he, he removed the mask I was wearing. <laughs> he demasked yeah. me to become the woman that he intended me to be, you know, not the, yeah. not the woman that the world, um, kind of. Right. Made or me. even the, or even the person that you felt you, you needed to be to, yes. to, to yeah. prove yourself or something. I'm curious. I, we, you know, we, we talk a lot about, about the role of shame, um, mm -hmm. on this podcast and how that can play this part in keeping us hidden and keeping us isolated. Um, mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear, did you, did you share with other people kind of what you were going through? No, it was all for me, the shame I guess started when I was a little girl because, yeah, yep. you know, going through that abuse and I don't know, like people ask, have asked me, um, it wasn't until I was 35 that I actually spoke what happened to me for the first time. Mm. So for 35 years, pretty, you know, for 30 years, yeah. I was holding it all in and I don't know why I never said anything. I don't know why time and time again after it happened um, and these, you know, my offender would, would lead me off into an isolated place or whatever that I didn't scream. Why didn't I scream? Why didn't I tell my parents? Why didn't I tell my twin brother? Why didn't I tell, mm. you know, my friends? I, I just, um, that's something that, um, I don't want to say it haunts me, but that's a question that I don't have an yeah. answer to. 
I don't know why. And that's, and that can be such a common, I'm sorry to interrupt. (laughs) From what, from what I understand of people that walked through that level of trauma and abuse, Mm -hmm. that can be such a common experience Mm -hmm. of, of not sharing, not bringing Mm -hmm. other people in for whatever reason. And there can be Mm -hmm. so many different reasons for that, but that's a very common experience. Yes, it is. It is. And I think, you know, I mean, looking back and in the, in the, parts that I remember I I always just wanted to fit in with everyone else so I started to become like them you know this Hmm. is not the real me that you know I kind of separated um I mean today they have all kinds of labels for what you know dual personalities all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff that they that they label on you know but really it's just the way that that your body your physical body and your and your mental capacity is trying to cope with what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's never intended for us. God never mm-hmm. created a human to go through so much trauma, no. but, and he's put these things in us to kind of help us to, to survive, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's the way I see it anyway. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was, I was this director at a multi-million dollar toy company in New York, you know, struggling at the same time with all of this emotional trauma and then getting promotion after promotion, because I would mm. kind of set, set that inner child, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, you, you just have to come to work, but you're going to just sit here for a little while. And then I'd focus on my work. And because I was so focused on the work, you know, of course, I was going to do well. And and God has gifted me with incredible skills. Um, so it's, it's him that was there the whole time. And I'm getting these promotions. And there were people, um, Ellie, that that used to say to me, you know, how, how are you? And I'd say, I'm good. Everything's fine. And there were those few people that used to take it that one step further and they'll yep. go, are, are you really? And there was those little windows where mm-hmm. I could have opened the window and said, Hey, come on in. Yeah. But, um, and I remember that, you know, that pullback going, no, don't let them in now. <laughs> yeah. Know, close that window tighter. Um, and, and there, there were a few people along the way that really hit, hit, hit that pile of mm. pain, but I just wasn't in a place to let them in. And, um, and I just kept going, but, but that, that incident, once I yeah. had that encounter with Jesus, um, th- that kind of changed everything. It was and a I game just, changer. Whoa. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I, you know, my first thought was because that's all I knew. And we only know what we know. Right. Yes. Um, So if I lived 35 years and I was so-called successful doing it my way, then I must be right. But that was the first thing from the truth. Um, So, you know, Jesus comes into my life and then the next thing you know, I'm going, I need help. And I'm hearing myself. I need help. Wow. You're like, but wait, do I actually need help? Because on the surface, I have everything that I need, but maybe that experience, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe that experience of seeing, of feeling out of control in something like your son experiencing this illness and being so shaken by that, that must've been, okay, I, that's not something I can control. And you could, you could put on the face for everything else and do the work and be the achiever for everything else. But when it came to of this life or death situation, you, that's when you fell on your knees, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I, you know, I, I like to say that 
in that encounter, there was a huge crack made in my mask, you know, mm, yep. like I could, I couldn't hold it on anymore. I, I just had to surrender because it was at that moment that I went, I don't know how to do this life. I really don't, you know, yep. look in the mirror, Diane. Yes. On the outside, you look amazing, but on the inside, you know, that things are not right. Mm-hmm. And and when I, you know, after that whole incident with my son and all of that, and, you know, I, I stepped into a church building again for the first wow. time in many years. You know? And that was, that was a whole other, I, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But okay. <laughs> you know, I went back to the Catholic church because that's all I knew. So, right. and I, you know, I grew up thinking, you know, if, you, if you're not Catholic, you know, you're going to hell. Um, yeah. It's just that whole you know, false teachings or not the whole teachings, not the whole truth. It's just part of the truth. And yep. um, anyway, long story short, I wound up in this Dutch reform church, okay, which was so super traditional, but I felt the blanket of peace there. <sighs> I felt that that's like, I remember walking in wow. that, in that sanctuary and feeling that same sensation mm. that I felt in the hospital. And I knew I had to just plop myself down and sit and listen. And what was the pastor talking about? He was talking about grace and he's talking about the hidden things in our heart. And he's talking about addiction and he's talking about sexual abuse. And I'm like, I'm shaking because this volcano inside of me is like, okay, baby, we're about to erupt, (laughs) you know, and I don't know what to do with this. And I don't know how to do, um, how to deal with this emotion that I'm feeling. I can't even imagine. yeah. And uh, yeah, I wound up running out of the church building that day because I, and, and just sat in my car and cried and cried. Yeah. And cried. Yeah. It's, um, so, it's so interesting how the Lord can so often put us in exactly the position that we need, but the position that we don't feel that we have capacity for. Exactly. That, that he placed you <laughs> at that church to experience that blanket of peace. And it, probably felt like this is too much your speed it's the word that you don't want to hear but you know you need it to to then we have a choice right and then yes yes and that's the thing that I love about the father he gives Mm -hmm. us a choice it's like with my own kids I you know I don't control them I don't say you have to do this I Mm -hmm. say it you know here's some options right um this is probably the better option, <laughs> you know, but you have a choice from and, the and wisdom that you've, a, that you've gotten through your life. <laughs> yes. This yeah. is probably the better option, yeah, but exactly. that you have choice. We have a free will. Yeah, and we do. And we do. And, and I, when I surrendered, like when I made that decision, I guess, to, mm-hmm. to follow Jesus, not to follow religion, not to follow a denomination, but to mm-hmm. follow what the Bible says, you know, I, I, I came to understand that the Bible really is the instruction manual for human beings. You know, yeah. like we, we buy a car and we get this little instruction manual <laughs> and nine times out of 10, we don't read the whole thing. Um, or even with a new phone or something, you know, we go, Oh, well, we know how to do it. We'll, we'll just turn it on and mm-hmm. off it goes and we'll take the photos and we'll do what we know how to do. But if you read that instruction manual, there's probably 50 more things that that yep. phone or that car can do that we're unaware of. Yeah. 
And and that, that's what I found in the Bible. It was like, wow, as I started reading the book of Proverbs, I'm like, wow, it just opened up, you know, that that understanding of, wow, no wonder I'm want to get numb. And yeah. what, what I didn't say, Ellie, was that that same night that that the Lord healed my son, he took away all my um, my desires, I guess, for drugs. And, and you know, I, I remember picking up a cigarette and choking and just, you know, thought it was going to die because I couldn't smoke. I couldn't smoke the cigarette anymore. That's and I'm thinking, amazing. oh, what is that? You know, and then, you know, I, I had a drink and I remember it just got caught and, you know, started coughing and wow. spluttered everywhere. And so every time I tried to put something in me to numb me, um, it, it, something would happen. It was just the yeah. strangest thing. And, um, and I realized, wow, I've been healed of that addiction. I've been healed. <laughs> now I have to replace that addiction yes. with God's word. <laughs> I still had the choice. I still could have gone anywhere and just got some, you know, got a hit or did something, you know, bought, bought some more cocaine or whatever it was. But I still had that choice and I still had to resist that. But the more I fed myself with the word of God and the more I fed myself with and surrounded myself with people who believed in the word of God and also had testimonies hmm. of coming out of addictions, um, the more I realized that I can really do life without it. And, and that was that was amazing. And then the more I did life without it. Um, the, so that was the good side of it. The hardest side of it was the more I did life without it, the more I had to deal with the reality. Yes. The, the more you were like, oh, OK, so I am yeah. hurting here. I am hurting. I'm wounded. I'm yeah. you know, I'm in survival mode. And I got through those challenging times by crying a lot yes <laughs> you know, I punched pillows because wow. it was better than punching people um you know <laughs> and <laughs> I, I am um, pro punching pillows <laughs> over punching people yeah <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. and and I uh, had to push through that resistance yeah. to to isolate and wow. ask that to me was the key in getting through. I had to push through that resistance to, of, you know, the shame and mm -hmm. saying, you know what, if the Bible says that Jesus died for my shame, then I have to step in faith and believe that and, yep. and not just believe it, but now go ask someone for help, which proves I believe it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not just reading the word and going, okay, now I'm healed. It, yes, the word washes us, yep. but it's stepping out in it and living the word that really gives you the, the victory. Yes. Oh, that, that is ah. such a key point. That is such yeah. a key point that because we can receive the healing that the Lord has given us. Like you said, allowing that word yeah. to wash over us and say, thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed me. Um, thank you, God, in your case, that he's, he's healed you of drug addiction. <laughs> Praise yeah. God. But there yeah. are still things that need to be worked out in our soul. You know, you're, you were healed, you were healed instantaneously, but involving other people, the Lord wants us to, it says the, the, in James, it says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. So we, there's something about verbalizing it, about bringing other people in 
that, Mm -hmm. that breaks shame, but it also, it breaks the power to a net, to another degree. Yeah. I love that you're pointing that out. Love it. And yes. And, and I so agree, Ellie, because for so many years, I guess in, in the environment I was, you know, and even in the, in that European culture, Mm -hmm. um, it's this, you know, we're strong, no matter what, you know, I could do this. We can do it. Yeah. We can do it. You know, no matter what the American way (laughs) and we can, yeah, yeah, we can, (laughs) um, but it's so, you know, but that's the world's way. Mm-hmm. God's way is, yes, you can, but it's so much easier when you carry each other's burdens. Yes. Come Ooh. on. And when he's carrying that burden, when you cast your burdens upon him, it says he cares for you. Yeah. You know, and he puts you in this church family, in this, in this belief, you know, with other believers, because he's right in the midst of it. Hmm. He comes right in the midst of, of whatever it is that you're facing yeah. and he provides what we can't do. Yeah. He provides the strength. He provides the, 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 the revelation of, of, or the perspective yep. of looking at it from a different perspective, looking at it. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, look, it's just, um, it's been an incredible journey and, yeah. and to, to have that switch in the way you mm-hmm. look at things, you know, don't look at what's happening in the natural but try to, it's hard to do it, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Try to get a helicopter view, I call it. (laughs) Try to get the view of you seated in heavenly places, looking down Mm -hmm. on the circumstance and wow, you get a different view. Based on my upbringing, I thought, you know, go to a pastor of a church Mm -hmm. because they will be safe. Yeah. So I set up an appointment with the senior pastor of this Dutch reformed church and I'm sitting there knowing that I've got to tell him that I'm hurting and I'm broken and I'm a mess. And, you know, I think, I think Jesus came into the hospital room and healed my son and, uh, you know, like, and, and try to put words to something that's supernatural um, and, and, <laughs> and try to keep this mask on that I couldn't hold on to anymore. <laughs> so it was just an awkward conversation. And I wound up just blurting out, you know, Hey, I was, I was abused as a child. I, you know, I can't use drugs anymore. My, I think Alex was, was kind of healed. I think Jesus touched him and healed him. And, and he's looking at me like I have 10 heads, like he's <laughs> going, what, like his eyes are getting wider and wider. And, and I said, I need help. And I was, you know, it was like this relief. It was almost like this, um, you know, like when you put something in a pressure cooker and all of a sudden that valve just releases the pressure. Mm, yeah. That's what I felt like. And then I was waiting for his response. And his response was, I'll never forget this. His response was, Wow, I'm so sorry that's happened to you. And he just sat with that. Oh. And I was waiting for the Diane, do this, do this, do, you know, like. Yep. And he just said, I'm so sorry. And his eyes watered up. Like he was genuinely sorry that that happened to me. It's exactly what you needed to hear. It was the first, um, I guess, yeah, I still get choked up because it was the first person I had met that actually represented Jesus to me. (laughs) He was like, I'm so sorry. He wasn't trying to, in that moment, he didn't try to fix it. Yeah. He didn't try to change it. 
he didn't, you know, shame me or condemn me. He just said, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And, and the next thing, you know, after getting over that, um, the next thing he said was, I can't help you, but I know someone who can. Hmm. And I went, what do you mean you can't help me? <laughs> You're a you pastor. You're supposed pastor. to help me. <laughs> and he said, but, you know, but we can pray and, and I'll bring you to Jesus and he'll show you how to help. He'll show you the next steps. Wow. You know, like wow. that's not what I wanted to hear. No. Honestly, in the natural. Yeah. Because I wanted someone to tell me how to stop feeling all of this stuff and, and, mm -hmm. and the pain and the trauma and the memories and the, you know, and, and the good things as well, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it was just, he, he, he's such an incredible, um, I mean, God knew what I needed and I needed him. I didn't need to plug into another addiction and get addicted to people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he exactly. knew I needed, he knew I needed, he need, he, I needed the truth and I need to plug into God. Um, and it was funny. He actually had given me a dream around that time. God speaks to me in dreams. Mm -hmm. And the dream was, you'll appreciate this, Ellie, because it's kind of, I've, I've got this kind of hilarious, um, these stories and these things. God, so I'm in the dream and I'm walking around and I'm holding my umbilical cord. Okay. Yeah. In my hand. And in the dream, I'm kind of walking around walking up to people and oh. trying to plug in my umbilical cord into them, you know, and as I get really close and I like reached out, it sounds crazy, but welcome to my world. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, plugging, I'm plugging this umbilical cord into a person. This giant pair of scissors comes along and just cuts the umbilical cord. And then I, you know, I find myself in the dream next person and I mm. got my umbilical cord and try and plug into them. And the scissor comes along and then I wake up and I'm like, what is that about? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of a weird dream. You would wake up and yeah. think what, but you're, but w yeah. what did the Lord speak to you through that dream? But what it was, and then I opened up the Bible and it was talking all, it was that verse that, that talks about, you know, you can't trust man. You've got to trust me. Yeah. Put your trust in me, not in the chariots, not in the army, yes. not in the power, yes. but in me. And um, life changing. I mean, absolutely yep. life changing. And, right. you know, I mean, I, I grew up as a twin. Mm -hmm. So I had this, you know, lack of identity as a twin. I had this lack of identity in, you know, this was what happened to me. And this is everything under my mask, but I'm a career woman. I'm doing great, you know. And so my identity was in my job, not in who I was. Yeah. And, and God spoke to me through that and say, I'm going to show you who you really are. I'm the one who gives you life. I'm the one who gives you truth. Yep. I'm the one who gives you the way, the way forward. And so after speaking with the pastor, it took about three years of just Bible study. He, he put me in a Bible study group and about two months later. So I had never read the Bible before. Um, I heard Catholic priests mm -hmm. mention little scriptures but I, I didn't think I was holy enough to actually hold the holy book. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's for and, everyone. Oh my gosh. It's, it's for, for everyone. everyone. And um, oh, it's, it's, it is your life. It really yep. is the life manual. And when you start to align your life to what the word says, you can have peace no matter what's on. going on in the world. So true. You can have you can have a perspective to walk into a room, and this is what God has done. Like walk into a room, 
Department of Corrections. So I've now worked you know, for the last 10 years in, in the prison systems here, teaching life skills to prisoners, maximum security prisoners. Now talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, yeah. like you go from corporate New York City to the dregs. To toys, um, from toys. To toys. <laughs> to <laughs> to yeah. working yeah. in a prison, a little different. To, to work, you know, to ministering. Yeah. To, um, and I, and I'm just putting up a little red flag here because um, I really feel to go there, but um, in the prisons, there are what they call protection units. A unit mm -hmm. is a, a separate building within the prison. So it's a prison within a prison. And the people that go into that prison are the sex offenders, the pedophiles, yeah. the people that cannot interact with the other prisoners because of their crime because wow. because they're putting their life at risk yeah and where does the lord send me there i you know and then Montana. i had been for years um yeah i'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead it's okay. but it's okay um you mentioned the forgiveness one of the first places the lord took me was into my own heart to yeah. forgive the man who abused me. Yep. Now you could read, I won't get into all of that here because I don't want to trigger anybody. I know we all have our own journeys and my journey was unique. Mm -hmm. And so, and your, your journey will be unique to you. And the next person who's listening, their journey will be unique. And that's the beauty of the Lord. He had healed three blind people in the scriptures, yep. each one a different way. Cool. And he heals each one of us differently. Yep, exactly. So, in the way know, that we need it. Absolutely. Yep. In the way you need it and the way your family needs it. Ooh, because yeah. our families are different. Because the way I live um, overflows into my family, overflows yeah. into my relationship, even overflows into the city I live in. Isn't that wild? It's incredible. It's so, so amazing. And the Lord knows that. And that's why he yeah. chooses to bring healing and lead yeah. us to that healing in the way that he does. Yeah. So my journey is very different. I'm not, you know, I never say everyone should go into prison ministry. It's just the way he led me. Yep. Um, and it wasn't, you know, hindsight is a beautiful thing. And, you know, looking back at those 10 years in the prison system here, um, I began to realize very quickly that I learned more about God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness and, and the work of the cross by working with men and women mm. who are in the maximum security protection units. Wow. Why? Because God took a criminal who in my mind should just lock them up, throw away the key, give them an electric chair. They don't deserve to live. Yeah. How is my life any different? Right. According to the Bible, my sin Oh, you know, that does your head in. It does. Think, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't live like that. I didn't do that. I would never, you know, oh, those people, those people. Right. When we hear ourselves start to say that, yep. there's something much deeper. Absolutely. Because that's when we have to, that's the place where I felt the Lord led me to the, to the root of that. And what I realized with those people who, commit, who committed these horrific crimes. And yes, 
they need to pay the price for that. Yep. And they were mm-hmm. paying the price for that by being in prison. They were also made in the image of God. Absolutely. And the blood of Jesus was strong enough and powerful enough to forgive them too. Wow. You know, it's just, yeah. Really wild. I love that you're pointing out is that, that as you did the work with God, as he was processing all of this with you, he then led you to the place where you could see the fulfillment of the forgiveness that he had worked in your heart and the, and the, the, um, just that, that massaging of your, of your, the, the, the walls of your heart that had built up and that the tearing away of that mask that you had placed on yourself to then get to the point where you could speak and love and actually have compassion for those level of people that, that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, and mine too, and mine too. And the story goes that um, when I did go back to the pastor and say, um, see, I had felt that the Lord was asking me to to share my story now with women, you know, with other women who had been through abuse, who had gone through that, um, taking those steps to forgive. But <laughs> the detail of that is it actually took me a, over a year to of a journey. You talk about this yep. journey. Mm-hmm. So my pastor said to me, he goes, you know, you, before you step into some sort of ministry, you really should think about, he didn't tell me I have to, he said, you really should think about whether you have forgiven the man who abused you. And, um, uh, you know, I just went, you're out of your mind. Like if this is what Christianity is yeah. about, I'm out of here. I'm not, you know, why does that have to be a criteria? Mm-hmm. And what did he say? He said, Diane, if you're going to be helping people, you're going to be sharing from your life. Hmm. So you don't want to be putting people into something that's not biblical. You don't want to be be sharing that. Yeah. Jesus is is amazing. And he healed me from addictions and, and he healed my son and he, he has the potential to heal you, but it's okay for you to hold on to all this, this hatred. And it's okay for you to hold on to this rage. And it's okay for you to hang on to this, you know, contentment, this, um, contempt and, and no, no. And it, it is a journey. And I said, I can't do it. I said, I I just can't do it. I'm not going there. And he said, all I want you to do is to start by saying one prayer a day for that man. My gosh, that first prayer, one prayer. That's right. That first prayer took weeks. Yeah. I believe it. (laughs) I believe it. Came out. It was more like, God, I hate you that, that you're making me yeah. do this. Yeah. It was real. It was raw. Yeah. Because I also was shown that David in the Psalms, mm. when he prayed for his enemies, he prayed, you know, oh, you know, God cut their tongues out or something yeah. like that because they're coming up against me verbally. And and my pastor showed me it was like, God knows, be real with him. Yes. Just be real with him. It's okay to just verbalize with him because it's and, better than putting on a mask to God and be, and trying to just say a prayer that you actually don't mean because you had been doing that throughout your whole life. So then to just be honest and say, I don't want to do this. And I am angry at this person and I'm angry at you, God, for maybe allowing it to happen. Or I'm angry at you for 
asking me to do this. It seems ridiculous. God can take it. He absolutely can take it. Yeah, he did. And he did. And he did. And it was that one little, you know, three second. Okay, God, I'm here and I'm going to pray for him. And that was it. And then the next day, and I give give myself permission to do that because, because it it takes time and it, and it is a journey. It is not a, okay, I forgive him when everything in your heart says you're not, and you haven't. Yeah. So over time and over reading the scriptures about forgiveness, because mm-hmm. the truth is I was looking for a loophole. <laughs> I was looking for a way out of it, but I couldn't find it. I mean, you it's know, a big I, book, I but it's, there's no loopholes in there. It's a big that's book. Right. There's no loopholes. That's right. And, <laughs> and it kept leading me back to the cross and I'm like, I don't want to be here. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, but yes. And, and then eventually oh. I was able to get out. Um, God bless him wherever oh. he is. And I remember that moment, Ellie, when you talked about feeling compassion. Yeah. It was the most uncomfortable thing because for, I guess it was 40 years for me by that time that I was holding all of that in. Hmm. And the first time I ever felt compassion for towards him. And it was uncomfortable and it was, I didn't want to feel it, but it was there. And I'm thinking, wow, mate, is that the compassion of Jesus? That's the compassion of Jesus' hmm. spirit in me trying to work its way out, you know, like God gives us wow. himself. Yeah, he all does. Love, yes. All of the compassion, all of the forgiveness is in our spirit, but it tries, but it tries to make its way out through our emotions, through our physical body hmm. and extend into the world that we're in. And wow, that was uncomfortable. And then I, I sat with that for a little while and then I was able to get a couple more sentences in. And then I remember one night, just, it was again, this, this new revelation or this new perspective. It was, oh my gosh, I was friends with his sons. Hmm. And what about his wife, whom I, you know, was my mom's oh best my gosh. friend. I'm thinking, I never, ever thought that way. It was always this dark tunnel. You know, if hmm. I thought about him, it was a dark tunnel and I wasn't coming out of it. It was quicksand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going down. And then all of a sudden, it's like, slowly, slowly, it, in a way that God loves me so much that he didn't want to, you know, he knew that I couldn't take it all at once. Right. He just wanted to expand yeah. that, that those thoughts and that thinking that I could probably forgive him. Wow. And then I, I prayed for his wife, I was praying for his kids. And then one day I just woke up and I knew then, and this is over a year. So it's not mm-hmm. like it just happened. It was over a year of wrestling, crying, you know, really, you know, that, that wrestling with God saying, you know, if this is it really, do you really expect me to do this? And then receiving that peace and then going on. And um, I, I remember that one day, just, I, I'd been writing a letter to say all of the things that I wanted to say, if I ever got the chance. Wow speak to him this is what I would have to say you know and started that that kind of an exercise and that's a that's a hard exercise oh yeah oh yeah yeah. and I wrote that letter a thousand times it seems you know Mm -hmm. uh, over and then crumple it up and then start again again, to the point where I finally got something that I thought okay this will do and it said all of the things you know that he did and and why you know and how it, how it affected me and how it affected, you know, my family and my kids and blah, 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 yeah. and my relationships. And then at the end, I just had this little, you know, one sentence and I forgive you. Hmm. Right. 
the truth of what really happened was I woke up, I sensed the Lord saying, today's your day. I'm going to be, you know, today I go before you to defeat your enemies. And I'm like, what does that mean? Oh my gosh. Um, and I, um, I made the phone call. I felt it was, I was compelled. Today's the day. I'm just going to do it. I called my friend who had been walking through this whole journey with me, Christian, amazing Christian woman. And I said, I've got to do it today. She dropped everything she was doing and came. And, and um, you know, that alone, if, if, if you're, if you're that person for someone, know how important it is. It's a very important role. It's a it's very important role. And, and just get there, do whatever you have to do mm-hmm. to get there. Um, and, you know, I made the phone call and I remember looking at the letter and just go, you know, we prayed before we were all ready. And I thought, you know, this is, this is going to happen. I'm just going to read this letter to him now. And I pick up the phone and I hear his voice and he's mm-hmm. saying, he's saying on the other end, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. I knew you were going to call. And, and I didn't even get the first word out. And I had not spoken to this man for 30 years. Wow. So it's not like, you know, you, you just make that next phone call. I never, I had not any contact with him. So this was, this was something was happening and I couldn't speak. I froze when I heard his voice, I just froze. And my friends like, read the letter, read the letter. And all I knew was that I just closed my eyes and I just said, Jesus, you have to take over. Holy Spirit, you've got Mm -hmm. to take over. I don't think I can do this. And what wound up coming out was I wound up preaching the gospel to him. Wow. Like completely not what I had expected. (laughs) I just said, no. And this is way before I had worked in the prisons. This is way before Mm -hmm. I had other experiences around forgiveness and that. And, And I just said to him, I said, look, you know, my life has changed. Jesus has come into my life. And I have, I'm learning that the power of the blood of Jesus and the cross can set me free. And if he set me free from all my addictions and everything, he could set you free too. And my girlfriend is like, her eyeballs are popping out of her head. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? This is crazy. And I'm just, I'm just. You're full of the spirit. I mean. Full of the spirit. And yeah. I'm hearing the words come out, but I'm going, I don't know if I really want to be saying that. Mm-hmm. And. And it was, and if Jesus, and and Jesus forgave me. So in his love, I forgive you. And then he starts saying, you know, I just went to a priest a couple of weeks ago. And the priest told me that, that God could forgive me because I didn't only do it to you. There was many, many others. And I can't believe that I should die. And he's going on and on about this. And I'm going, Oh, you know, I wasn't prepared for this, but, but, that phone call, um, you know, it, 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 I won't go into all the details. You could get my book and, and it goes into more details about the call and all of that. But um, when I hung up, that was the day that I could say that that mask disintegrated. Hmm. I, I went, I stepped into yep. the work that Jesus did for me. It had been a few years that I was walking in as a believer, quote unquote, you know, we're believers now, we're, we're a new creation. Nothing felt new to me for three years, (laughs) to be honest. Mm, Wow. It was, it was the process. It was the accepting the truth. It's not just Jesus comes into my life. 
all right, let, I'm just going to let him stay there. I'll go to church on Sunday, but I'll just keep living my lifestyle. I didn't feel that. I felt if Jesus, if I'm going to have him in my life, then I have to let him live in my life. Yep. And I have to change. So yeah, it's been an incredible journey. And, and that, I didn't know it then, but that phone call and allowing the Lord to take over and take control of my mouth um, was the thing that set me up for what I believe is a lifetime uh, mission to bring the gospel to people that most people in the world say don't deserve it. Hmm. So wow. It's, it's the transvestites. It's the homosexuals. It's the, the, the pedophiles, the people in prison. Um, and it's also the people in, in corporate, in the corporate world right. that, um, that look at those people, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and call them sisters. And I say, well, wait a minute, those people, we're not yeah. really that much different. So it's powerful. Um, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That, that story, I'm just sitting here just with goosebumps <laughs> because it's so powerful and the Lord could only orchestrate that for yeah. this man's life, but for all, also you and, and the process that he was taking you on is so important. I mean, a lot of times in these cases, it's not a, you know, we, we might have a radical instantaneous conversion where you didn't crave the drugs anymore. You, you, the, the alcohol lost mm-hmm. its taste for you, but there was still things that needed to be worked out. And I think that's such an important point because we can get so discouraged with that work. <laughs> we can get yeah. so discouraged and caught up in that time, but then that moment that you had where you said that's when the mask was completely gone from your, from, from yeah. hiding. Um, I would love for you to share. So your, your, your book is called unmasked. Um, yeah. and I would love for you to share, what does it mean to live unmasked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I guess the simplest way to explain it yeah. is, living the way God intended us to live. So one of the first stories in the Bible, Adam and Eve, right? When they sinned against God, what's the first thing they did? They hid. They hid behind behind fig leaves or whatever kind yep. of leaf it was, right? Mm-hmm. They hid God because of shame. Yes, exactly. And I think the whole, um, the whole journey of a Christian or a true follower of Jesus Christ, because there is a difference, I think, but... Um, is, is to is to live the way we were created to live to to be open and honest and I'm not talking about airing out our dirty laundry to every person that we see no. and all of social media and all that that is not honoring to you and it's not honoring to the God who created you um, and it can cause lots of problems to the people that are reading it too. So that's it's also not a, a lot of times, not sorry to interrupt. So sorry. It's not always honoring to the people that have hurt us and to the people that are also involved in this story. It's very important to make that distinction. So thank you for that's saying that. Right. And so living on mass really is about this journey yeah. of, of, um, letting God recover us. Come on. So we put on our own mask um, and we fill it with, you know, all this glamour and things or whatever, you know, the latest trend is, because if I'm doing that, then I'm okay. That's, that's rubbish. That's the world's way. And mm-hmm. it leads to destruction. Yeah. But God's way is 
wear, you know, clothe yourselves with the word of God, clothe you with him. You're seated in him. I know it's, you know, it's like one of those, one of those mysteries that we never really understand. But if we can picture ourselves wearing him, yeah, <laughs> then, then our, then our speech should change. Our mm-hmm. reactions should change yeah. when things happen around us. If we could see ourselves as being an ambassador, which the word says we are, we're an ambassador for God on the earth. Oh my gosh, like that alone is like, oh, so what if they, so what if they say such and such to me now? Yeah. I couldn't say that. I could not say that 20 years ago. You know, everything offended me because I was right. so wounded. And this open wound just invites more wounding. Exactly. So, exactly. And, and and the other thing I want to share, Ellie, is the drugs, the the this the drugs, the cigarettes, this, the drinking, um, the you know, watching TV, the the food, the mm-hmm. those those addictions are really never about those substances. No. Those substances are really just a way for us to cover up or to mask the deeper issue. Yes. So if you want to get rid of the drinking and the drugs, you've got to deal with the issue. Absolutely. And, and if the issue is not salvation, if someone's already saved, then the issue becomes, well, there's a deeper hurt or there's, yeah. there's rejection or there's abandonment or there's unforgiveness. And I have, you know, my story, you know, I started a recovery ministry in New York for seven years. Every week we were, Um, I was watching and had the privilege, the absolute privilege of being used as God's vessel to bring healing and, and, and challenging people to go deeper. Don't just white knuckle it and say, I don't know. Well, you know, it's all about them and they did this to me and they did that to me. And that's why I am this way. No, take responsibility for yourself. Absolutely. Come on. You know, and I'm speaking to myself too, in that, because it's so much easier to blame everyone else than it is to look in the mirror and sit in God's word and use his word as the mirror to see what part I'm playing in the destruction or in the divorce. I was divorced as well. I I know what that pain feels like. It's horrific. And you think you're not going to make it through, Mm -hmm. but God be God's ambassador in the process of that divorce or in after the divorce or as you're going through it try to you know not let your emotions lead you feel your emotions accept your emotions and work them through but they're not your leader god is your god is your leader and he his way through that mess um he could take you know i've heard it said i think it's joyce meyer he took my mess and he gave me a message Mm -hmm. well my version is he took my mess and wanted to give me a message, but first he had to make me the messenger. <laughs> so a few more steps in there, but yes. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. We, he could, you know, he could take your mess and, and, and just start talking about it mm-hmm. and talking about it. But if he, if you allow him to make you a mess injure, a messenger, yeah. you are bringing the healing power that Come he on. only can give through your story. Yes, Exactly. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's such a powerful thing about sharing testimony that that we we see that throughout the gospels when Jesus brought healing to somebody. One of my favorite stories is the is um the the Samaritan woman and when Jesus <laughs> speaks into her life and she's a changed woman, she leaves and she shares and she 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 knows that Jesus is the Messiah and then brings that to her whole town. And there's just such a a beautiful thing about testimony that as we share, it allows and gives the freedom to, um, to other people that they can then see that's, that's possible, but also now I can taste that freedom for myself. And then they start getting hungry for it. And Jesus then went later to that town. And, and the people were ready. They were ready to hear it. They were ready to hear him because they heard the testimony. And so, so as we have that mess, what you're saying, when the Lord then create and gives us the ability to be the messenger, we are stepping into a new level of freedom for ourselves because we are unmasking ourselves, but then we're also allowing and, um, and giving that avenue of freedom and, um, and encouragement for other people to do the same. So who, gosh, it's so cool. Yeah, it is. Isn't that it wild is. that the Lord gives us the ability to do that? He invites us to, to that. And I just see, I just see you as somebody who is, you are running after that so hard, Diane. It blesses me so much. It really does. Yeah. I, I think it came out of, you know, people say to me often, um, you know, wow, how do you do this life? And I'm like, most of it is out of desperation. <laughs> you know, right. like, most of it is out of that place of, I don't want to go back to, to what I came from. Yeah. Even though in the world's eyes, it was wonderful. And it was, I don't, you know, don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was amazing working in, in New York mm-hmm. city and even growing up there in my family. Like, I, I don't want to say that all of that was, was bad. It, it wasn't, it wasn't. It's just yeah. that when you had, um, when you lay down your life and become a living sacrifice for Jesus, mm. there's so much more. Yeah. There is so much more than what the world can offer you. And, and yeah, it may be difficult at times and you may be persecuted and people may look at you like you have three heads and, you know, go, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, you know, Jesus, what, you know, what's that about? But you know what? There's a seed that's planted. Yeah. And if you could just keep, you know, watering that seed or, or harvest, you know, that harvest comes, that mm-hmm. harvest comes. And I, I'm just been overwhelmed because the more I lean into him, the more I love him, the more I just want to be with him. And the more I want to represent him on earth as it is in heaven, I am longing for, you know, my heart today is, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I do consulting for, for, you know, big companies and, and I just, I, but it's the same message. People say to me, what are you doing? You know what you're coaching, you're doing art, you're doing, you know, mentoring, like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just being Jesus. I'm just bringing hmm. Jesus wherever I go and, and bringing the truth and bringing that different perspective, you know, not in a religious way, not in, in any condemning way, but in a way that leaves them questioning, who is that person? Like what, why is she living so differently? Yeah. And and how is she doing that with all that she's been through? You know, uh, there's God. no, I mean, it, it's, it, it's only him. I can't do it. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm really not that smart. And, and I still wrestle, Ellie, I still wrestle with, 
you know, those feelings of, am I doing enough mm-hmm. for you, God? And then I go, no, of course, I don't have to, I don't have to work my way to you, Lord. You did it already. Yeah. You know, that's the finished work. Renewing the mind, you know, renewing, mm-hmm. by the renewing the mind. I still have to do that. I still suffer. I still fall in a heap sometimes and just go, yeah. oh, you know, I'm so lonely. I'm not, you know, um, or, or whatever's going on. And, and mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's, it's learning to be real. Yeah. And it's Come on. Be, this is who I am. And, you know, if I'm celebrating, I'm celebrating big. If I'm, you know, if I'm just need a day to lie on the couch and, eat some potato chips or something. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to take the time to do that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I think he just, he's, he's has this invitation out right yeah. now. I really feel that like to all of you that are listening, I really feel that God is just extending an invitation to you to look at whatever it is that you're going through through his eyes because you'll see the bigger picture you'll see how he wants to use you in the midst of the pain in the midst of the trauma in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through he wants to use you to bring um to turn that situation around now it doesn't mean it always works out the way you want it to work out (laughs) but it will work out the way he will get the glory yeah and when you do that, and when you put your lay yourself down to bring his glory into a situation that is painful and hurting you and, and has you up against the wall, um, you will see him do things that are exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever dream or imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it any other way, yeah. but surrender to him and his process and do whatever it is that he's leading you to do. And I promise you, not I promise you, he promises you yeah. that it will work out for, for your good because you love him. Um, it's just, it's incredible. It's an yeah. incredible gift that he's giving you in the midst of your pain, in the midst of the cross, in the midst of that excruciating suffering that Jesus went through, yeah. there was a gift there was the gift of resurrection. There was the gift of life. There was a gift of a new life, a new heart and a new name. And that's what he can give you in the midst of your trial. Don't give up hope. Jesus didn't end at the cross. He ends by resurrecting and going onto the throne and sitting there and then giving us the authority to take dominion on earth. Come on. Like, I don't want to stop preaching, but that's, there's a word right there for somebody and don't give up. Don't quit before your miracle happens come on come on don't before your miracle happens that is such an important word that's you can preach anytime for me (laughs) diane i'm serious i'm sitting here just so receiving and also just feeling the just feeling the power of the spirit because i really do believe there is such a um there is so much power in your story and in your testimony and in your yes Um, i believe there's power in anyone's testimony and and in anyone's yes. And you are you are one that you've said yes to him. And it's been hard and it's it's 
caused a lot of, um, just a lot of hardship, even ups and downs in family. And I mean, just so much you've, you've sacrificed so much for him on earth, but how much more have you gained? And, um, and it's so encouraging for me to see, especially just women following after the ministry that the Lord's laid on their hearts. Um, because that's something that I really that I feel so called to do and, um, and something. And so just, just to see where the Lord has brought you and where he's leading you, um, is really humbling. And it's, I'm just really excited to see where, where else he leads you. Yo, my gosh, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm speechless. So I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for being here, Diane. Um, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so honored. Um, if, if, if anyone's who's listening, where can they find you? How can they get connected? Um, share about your book, please. All of that stuff. We, w- we want to hear all the deets. Well, the first thing is I've got a beautiful home in Australia. If you ever want to come to Australia, just get on a plane and come if you um, can. Okay, so what are you doing country. next <laughs> week? Um, <laughs> because um, I guess, yeah, that's, um, so yes, I extend a welcome to anyone that wants to oh come. Oh gosh, to I'm so honored. <laughs> but um, my book is called Unmasked. And if you're interested in learning more about my journey, my story, the testimony, there's so much more. Um, the easiest way is just to jump onto my website. It's dianespicer.com very simple mm-hmm. Diane Spicer and it's D I A N E S P I C E R.com. Um, there's a few options there to purchase my book um, or to get involved with some coaching or mentoring, whatever it is that you um, want. Or I, you'll also see some of my artwork. We didn't even talk about that, but yeah, through- we didn't even touch on that. I, and I was really, I was really <laughs> like, I was caught with that on your website for a while. I was like, this stuff is beautiful. I mean, you're doing, you're doing all kinds of things. That's good fun. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, um, Diane Spicer. I try to keep right. it simple, just keep using my name everywhere. And or Instagram, mm-hmm. um, Die Spicer Photography, Die Spicer Photography. Um, and if you go to the website, you'll find all the links to all of that. But you know, um, yeah, I, I'm just so grateful to you too, Ellie. Um, it's the first time I've met you over the, over the airwaves here. And I know we've been communicating by email, but oh, you, you have that kindred spirit. I, I feel it. I sense it. And, you know, I don't, I have no idea what you're going through right now, but I just, I just know that God is with you. Mm-hmm. And I know that whenever God is in the midst of something, <laughs> you can expect something even bigger, even more, you know, stretch out your tent pegs. Don't settle for for the little thing, keep going, keep going, keep pressing into him. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's so, he's so generous in, in the yes. ways he provides for us and in the way that, um, that, that he heals us. So yeah, I can't wait to see what this podcast is and, and your ministry is going to, to impact um, the people around you and, and in the city that you're going to. God tells us to disciple mm-hmm. me. We should really stop more and think about that. Yeah. He didn't tell us to disciple people. He told us to disciple nations. Hmm. So let your life overflow into the, into your family and then your family impact your community really and good. change your city. Um, and if every 
we did that. Woohoo! We would, um, yeah, we'd see, we'd see lots of things happen. So oh thank my you gosh. today. It's been amazing. I could, I could just keep talking to you for hours. But- oh yeah. I mean, we can shut off this podcast and we can keep talking for hours if you want. No, I'm just, I'm very, very blessed. I would love, I, I, I hope that everyone hops on, follows your stuff. Um, you, uh, and any links that, sh- that, that Diane mentioned will be on the show notes of this episode. So feel free to, um, to go on that. And I'll just, I'll also include a little link for where they can go and buy the book right now as well, because that's, let, let's just, let's just read this testimony and then read it and then give it away to a friend. I'm all about giving away books. I write in them. I do all that stuff, but like then, then just give it away. It doesn't need to stay on your shelf. Um, because it could really could bless and encourage somebody else. So thank you for being here, Diane. I'm so, so blessed by you. Thank you.